Welcome to the Nurse to Nurse podcast, where we'll have inspiring and innovative conversations from one nurse to another, helping you leverage your experience, expertise, and education to build your personal brand and start a coaching practice. And now, here to help you unleash your magic in the world, your host, Starshima. y'all welcome to season two of the nurse to nurse podcast and as we shared with you or should i say as i share with you is that this new season we are really having nurse to nurse conversations and i am no longer the solo host but i am the co-host of the nurse to nurse podcast and i got my good good friend mentor coach mr kevin stansberry what's up kevin Hey, how you guys doing? Thank you, Star, for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. You know what? You say thank you for having me. I really feel really, really honored that you decided no. to say yes. I'm nobody me. special. I, yeah. I like this. It's fun. <laughs> You're not special? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm not special. I may be special, but I'm not special. <laughs> You're special in a different kind of way? Yeah, my mom um, dropped me on my head or something, maybe. That's all right. Well, that makes you every bit of unique and special, which probably has allowed you to connect to the people the way that you have connected to them in all these years. And yeah. probably what they appreciate about you, like I appreciate about you, is that you're not shrinking in and fitting in and sounding like every other Kevin or Joe. Out I don't want to be a Kevin. I don't like that y'all fuck my name up. You don't want to be a Kevin? No. You oh. don't know what that Kevin and Karen? No. Tell me about them. Tell us about them. You don't know what Karen is? A Karen? Don't be oh, a Karen. Oh, I know what a Karen is. Yeah. Well, the one for the guy is a Kevin. I'm like, who oh, decided that kid? I don't like that. What the hell is wrong with people? Pick another damn name. Tim or John or William. I mean, shit. Leave Kevin alone. Right. <laughs> don't make me a fucking Kevin. <laughs> right. I, I don't see you fitting into that kind of... No, but I just don't like that they ruined my name. <laughs> right. I would agree. I would agree. What, what would you prefer, though? If he wasn't a Kevin, what would it be? Since mm. they added this new... Kevin to the scene. Shit, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't even have an idea. I, I wanted to name my son Sebastian, but oh. somebody wouldn't let me. So I like mm -hmm. Sebastian. It's a man's name. It is. I like you it. Know, my mother was going to name me Stacy Lynn. Oh. She okay. wanted a girl. My sister died before I was born. I think she was four years old when she died. And she, my was her last hope to have a girl. And she named me Stacy Lynn. We was going to name me Stacy Lynn. And my dad came to the hospital drunk with his girlfriend. True story. And he named me after his girlfriend's son, Kevin. Oh, wow. <laughs> wait, wait, that, that, you know, Kevin, that's going to be a whole nother episode. That know, I'm like, Thank, you, <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Thank you. <laughs> well, Stacey isn't a bad name. Like, it, it is for a dude. Feminine? Yes, it is. It, I'd have to be a big dude to be Stacy. You have to be big to have the name Stacy. Because if not, then you felt like it would be too. Oh, you're going to get your ass kicked your whole life. You know, I can't see it really like with kids because kids are so cruel these days. Right. I can really see it being a hard thing like growing right. up. But with the personality you have, I think you will wear the name really, really well. Yeah. You're like, no, hell no. Mm -mm. No way. <laughs> All right. That's parents, cool. need, parents need to think about what they're doing when they name kids. You know what? That's a real true conversation because I really thought about that naming my kids, you know. I'm a Starshima and yeah, Starshima is all right. I'm trying to think of things I could use to make fun of, but you can't really see. So right. that's okay. And you're going to be a star. To not, to not be able to pronounce it is a struggle yeah. in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, kids and 
other teachers when you're in school and growing up, they just mispronounce it. And that's why I it's was they don't for try. a lot of years. Yeah. yeah, they don't want to try. They just being lazy. It was like Starshima. That one good nurse friend, she called me USSS Starshima. <laughs> I'm like, you know, so people do things. Not that I don't, I mean, I appreciate it, but you know, I can understand the name thing and having some weight because for a long time I was in Starshima and I was star, even on my badges, mm. it all says star. And I was like, no. Nah. And I decided to start embracing Starshima. So well, yeah. Do you, you prefer it? I prefer Starshima. Yeah, so. yeah. But before, if you probably would ask me, probably in the years that we worked together, it was like, just call me star. Shit. Right. I'm the star. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I'm Starshima now. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. So yeah, so exciting, exciting, exciting. So this episode, we just really want to, one, get a good chance to meet and greet you all as our listeners and just thank you for your following with us and grateful to have you here in the community with us. And we just wanted to share with you the reason why we're doing what we're doing. You know, the podcast has took a big shift from talking to you as a nurse of how to build your personal brand and turn into a coaching practice. I was just starting y'all. So now we're talking to you about things to help you grow professionally as a nurse, some of the things that are plaguing the nurse profession, you know, giving you tips and tricks about how you can deliver better quality care. So we're kind of shifting. And I wanted to ask Kevin, because y'all, I was really, really nervous. Have y'all ever thought that something was a good thing, but you're really nervous? And let me tell y'all how I kind of did this though. Can I tell y'all my plot twist? So I'm like, all right, Kevin, (laughs) you want to come on and be a host? (laughs) I'm going to come and be a guest on a nurse to nurse podcast, you know, so I'm trying to fill him out to see whether he feel like I'm really out here talking shit, if he can vibe with me or not. So I I was kind of planning a little bit at a time, you know, how we put in our interventions and we see if that intervention work and then we'll go back to the playing field and we'll try what's next. So I'm like, all right, he got on the podcast and he seemed like he, you know, really, really liked it. And I was like, Hey, it really had been sitting in my belly for a while to ask him. I just really didn't have the courage to be able to do so. And you I just really to be liked, cute like my wife. Right. You know, I just like, <laughs> it's like the way how you are heavy on education, heavy on delivering mm. good content and good information and just giving it straight, like without all the fluff. And I really, really admire that because I don't feel like we have enough of that within the profession where we can have conversation. So I was like, let me just try it out like this. So I tried it like this and he did it. So I think I kind of DM'd him one day and I was like, how did you feel about the podcast? Like, what did you think about it? Have you ever thought about being a co-host on the podcast? So one thing just kind of led to another. And then he's here with me, which I am absolutely grateful for. I think we're going to make amazing strides together with you here with us in the community. So Kevin, what made you say yes? Well, you know, I like, I like you. We've known each other for a while. You're like me, you're feisty. And I like to talk shit. I want to fill in the gap. I think that we... When I say we, I mean our profession. We kind of let our profession go to the wayside as far as education and helping the younger nurses. I don't know if the older nurses just want to retire there, but I just want to talk shit. Cause, and it just whatever I talk about or what we talk about and we share our thoughts doesn't mean we're right. It's just our opinions, what we our experience. But I do use research and data. So, you know, it's not like I'm just talking out of my ass, but I just want to be able to share, you know, share my life, share my knowledge, yeah. have fun. Absolutely. And I really thank you for that. I really admire, I think after our last recording and I said, and you always reflect off of things. And I was like, you know, Kevin is really helping me really like live my truth and being unapologetic about it. 
it really comes free speech. No, it's, you know what I mean? Like, I think sometimes- tell Jane, think, to, tell Jane to quit fucking beeping me out. <laughs> <laughs> I don't appreciate that shit, Jane. <laughs> she was just following instructions, Kevin. Whatever, that's the bullshit, Jane. Quit it. Don't listen to her. Quit, quit beeping me out. <laughs> if you guys don't know, Jane is our podcast producer. So on his last episode, she kind of bleeped him out. But- <laughs> But what I'm learning is like, it's okay to live your truth. I feel like for so long, we have lived censored in a profession where we don't ever want to shed that light because when we probably share our truth, in some cases, there's many people who are listening to us and who's watching us who may be our patients, right? And we don't ever want to make the nursing profession look bad. But I think for far too long and for far too many years that nurses have been unable to use their voices. And we have just accepted what the world has given us or told us how we should be as nurses, right? That's right. at least from a woman's perspective. And so I Thank appreciate you. how you like, Starshima, talk your shit. Like, say what you got to say. We not There's no malice behind it. And why can I not share my experience and my right. truth and my perspective on a situation? So I appreciate you for that. Yeah, why not? I mean, there's nothing wrong with you sharing how you feel. It's your point of view. It's what you see. You're seeing the world through your lenses. So how could it be wrong? Right. So, I mean, it is what it is. If people don't like it, who gives a shit? Right. Freedom of speech. I really like that. So you're really bringing that out. So you all see me at this point. If y'all go back and listen to episode 38, and then y'all see me as we grow through these episodes, I might get a little bit, you know, a little bit more feisty, talking a little bit more shit. But (laughs) go ahead. Yeah, why not? Why don't you want to talk more shit? Right. But all in the light of, hey, my overall goal is, you know, is really helping nurses be able to use their voices. For me, I'm probably coming from a woman's perspective. Not that I don't like men. I love men. We need the men to make the world go round. But I can understand from a woman's perspective of some of the things that we struggle with as nurses, us internally, and as Kevin can give you a fresh perspective of what it looks like from a man's perspective. And what that looks like of unleashing your voice and speaking your truth to be able to drive a more positive impact in nursing. Yeah, people just think I'm nuts, though, because they don't believe. No, but people don't believe that when they like when they come to my classes and I talk and I'm animated, they're like, this guy's nuts. But they don't realize that I'm like this all the time, even at work. Yeah. I mean, you know, but people, you know, they think you're nuts. But what is really like nuts? Because you don't see people who talk, who share experiences, who have been muffled for far too long and holding those things in that they're upset, disgruntled, and aren't really living. Is a word about getting life. fired? Yeah. Well, I don't care about getting fired. I mean, I don't, I'm not doing anything wrong to get fired. I'm just taking care of the patient and I'm following the rules and following the policies. If they don't like it, that's on them. Yeah. Like, how do I get in trouble for following policy? Like, why do we feel like we're so afraid to speak up about the policies that are being? Because they don't read the policies. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, we'll have a moment of silence, <laughs> which is really strange because in our profession, like we follow policy and procedure. That's our goal. That is our protective. I'm going to disagree with you there. I'm going to disagree with okay. you. You say we follow policy, but if you don't read them, how, how do you follow them? We follow what other RNs tell us because they're our mentors and they're older than us. But you never say Starshima, you said to do this, but is that the right way? Is that what the policy says? People are afraid to ask that question. They just trust that nurses are telling them the truth. Right. So, so speaking about this, let's just stick yeah. on this policy and procedure kind of thing. 
And as being a nurse educator, you know, one of the things I always talk to my students about at a very fundamental type level is when you think about all the things that nurses can be up against, all the litigation. I mean, you know, it's a risky thing going out and being a nurse every day to be human is to err and you can make one big mistake. How do you decrease the risk of litigation when you're caring for your patients? Follow policy and procedure. And what does that mean? And I think when we're in a green room and talking, like we don't read as much anymore and we want everything handed to us. So we listen to that preceptor who says, do this this way, start the blood at this rate for this patient. But shit, maybe it shouldn't have been started that fast for that particular type of patient because of this. But did you go back and look at what it looked like for this according to your policy? So when it hit rubber hits the road, it's not going to be what the nurse told you. It's going to be what did you know? And they're going to judge you against the standard. And that standard is typically that policy and procedure. So don't sleep on those policies. The only policies people read is clocking in, clocking out. When do I get the holiday pay, lunchtime? It's true, though. People don't read the policies. Those are the simple policies that you don't need to read. Those never change. Right. Six minutes before, six minutes after. You get seven holidays a year. That's all you get. (laughs) Right. No, definitely. Hey, we worried about that money. You know what I mean? We worried about that money. Well, you ain't going to get the money if you're in the food line because you got lost your license. (laughs) Well, that is true. That is definitely true. (laughs) So tell me, Kevin. What is your mission? Like you join in the podcast, what are you setting out on a mission to do with our time here on the Nurse to Nurse podcast? My mission has always been the same. I just want to provide the best, you know, I want to provide a platform. Like I know we don't have guests and stuff. You and I talked about that. Maybe sometimes we can have guests, but I thought about maybe letting people write into us, you know, give us the questions and topics they want to know. Maybe we can ask, answer questions like people can email or text us or whatever. I don't even know how we're going to get people to us, but. I didn't tell you that part. You did, but I probably forgot. And I suffer from CRS. So you know what CRS is? Tell us about it. Can't remember shit. So I got ADD so bad that I will talk and I'll, you'll say something. And I'll forget what the hell I'm talking about. I'm like, what the hell were we talking about? <laughs> so, But I think my mission would be just to try to go down certain topics that weigh on all of us as nurses and yeah. try to give our perspective and try to make a difference in our world. Yes. Like when I worked at Selma, I have a good friend. His name's Donnie. I mean, we don't talk, you know, guys, we say good friends, but shit, him and I haven't talked for probably six or seven years. Well, how's he a good friend? Because if I see him tomorrow, he'd hug me. I'd hug him. I'd tell him to fuck off. He'd tell me to fuck off. And I don't, but that's how dudes are. Yeah. And so I wanted to change the world back then because he was, he knew about this when I first started this business and stuff that we do. Yes. And I wanted to change the world. And he says, why don't you change your community first? Start mm-hmm. with that shit. And then once you fix that, then you can spread out. And I listened to him. And that's what I started doing. That's why I chose Madeira. You know, and I, I'm working on Madeira. All, everybody always says, how come you don't move to Fresno? Because I live in Madeira and I want to fix my community. Yes. And if I fix my community, then I can share it with your community and you can help fix your community. Right. Because I can't do everything. No. So if I can help you, I can help somebody else. I can give them the tools to help their community. Maybe we could fix and make this place a better place for all of us. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds like Donnie's a good friend because I, I really like that information that he yeah. gave you. Is that sometimes we dream and yeah, we want to change the world and we can keep that world focus at the cornerstone of what we're doing. But I think to make the massive impact that we want, we have to make it into bite-sized digestible pieces that eventually will get to the world impact by just the things that I'm doing and starting with our communities, you know, 
Let's be the change that we want to see to the people who know us and where we are. And I'm sure Madera appreciates you for opening such a great establishment. <laughs> and they don't have far. I mean, you know, it's probably hard for people. There's healthcare workers that's there. They got to drive all the way to Lumi. Not anymore. Yeah. Right. Well, that's true. <laughs> Things have changed there. They closed the facility, but hopefully they find some way to open that back up because I think it's definitely, definitely a need. That's a so, whole other topic I think we should talk about. But <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Right. But yeah, so I think that that's great. So I didn't know that. I just learned that about you, that you had a mission to change the world. Yeah. And maybe that's what I really connect with you at the core, like not knowing that, but understanding like, you know, that connection is like, you know, Kevin has a heart to change the world. And perhaps that's the reason why you said yes to even one added reason of why you came on the podcast along with me to make this world impact. But we're starting right here with the people who are among us within right. our communities to be able to drive that global impact. And I'm all about packing up as numbers, right? We're so much stronger in numbers than we are individually. So I can see that world impact yeah. happening. Let me ask you though, I'm going to dig a little deeper because you. Oh, I just got to know. So I'm learning him as y'all learning him too. So when you talk about world impact, Kevin, like what is the world impact that you truly, truly desire to make? You really want to go down this road? <laughs> I, I just want to know, or like at the end of the day. So I always ask my clients this, right? Like when I'm thinking about helping them build brands, I was like, at the end of your life, I know it sounds so morbid, but at the end of your life and we're at your funeral, what do you want the people to say about you? I want them to say that Kevin was there for me. He he educated me. He was a mentor to me. He made a difference in my life. He gave me a lot of good advice. Maybe some not so good, but he tried the best that he could do. And, you know, and not just nursing. I'm talking about everything, every part of your life, whatever, whatever you want, I'll help you with if I can. And if I don't know, I'll tell you, I don't fucking know that, but I'll find out. I'll ask people who do know. Yeah. I never tell people no. That's one thing you have to know. If you ask me a question, I'll never say no, Starshima. Mm -hmm. I may say, well, unfortunately, at this time, Starshima, I'm not, I don't have the available resources. However, I will get them for you if I can. It sounds like you're a well-trained nurse who's worked in the facilities for a yeah. lot. Of <laughs> I know, time. but if you say no, what do people do? They don't like that. They don't like the word no. So what do you do? You find a different way to try to help them out and understand that you're not saying no, you just can't do it at this moment and they won't be as upset and stuff. So, yeah. I love that. That is really awesome. I'm just learning so much about you. A yeah. man with such a big heart for world impact. Well, I don't know about a big heart, people. but. <laughs> no, you have a big heart. No wonder why you're a nurse and you're wow. such an impactful, impactful nurse is because you're able to create well, that change. And well, I don't have any evidence and I don't know if it's true, but I always say this. I said, I think most nurses come from a really fucked up background. We all come from like things that are dark in our past from either parents abusing us or being sexually abused or whatever it was. And we're so tormented ourselves that we probably help others. We became a nurse because we can help others and it makes us feel better about ourselves. Yeah. And, and one really of those vulnerable that. situations. Right? Yeah, I know it's not. I know I'm generalizing, but I bet you if you did studies and shit, I bet you would be 70, 80 percent of nurses come from a really, really horrible place. I believe it. And I think that in this, when we think about nurses, I think that there's some really good impactful nurses. Like, I really think you're a really good nurse who care for people. Then I think that there's nurses who are just here just for the money. So when you say that generalization, I think it's those nurses that maybe have come from those backgrounds who really, really are out here driving massive impact, who really right. care about their patients. I agree with who that. Use their voices with that. Because some other ones, I mean, you know, I hear so many different stories that I'm going to nursing school because of this, or I want to be a nurse because somebody's expectation of them versus their true desire to be right. able to do so. Right. But I believe that life 
shapes us and molds us into who we are and allows us to be able to make that level of impact. Like my background wasn't an easy type of background to grow up. And I've come through some very dark spaces. I had to work through some things to be able to drive the level of impact of what I'm driving in the world today or in my community. But it didn't come easy, but it makes it that much more textured. And I always say that I really feel like it's a true privilege to be able to serve people at some of their most vulnerable times in their lives. You know, being an ER nurse, it wasn't always good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Whether it's for the patient or for the families. And sometimes you've tried everything, but still, how do I serve even if the situation didn't look like something positive for the other individual? And that's where I go, you know, and in those spaces. So I think that is very much true. I think it is a true space, whether some people have even stopped and really analyzed it for those great, great impactful nurses, something is driving that impact to, for them to be able to do it. So well, I always ask nurses when they come to me, I'm like, do you want to be a good nurse or you want to be an awesome nurse? Yeah. Because I want to be an awesome nurse. I just don't want to be a so-so nurse. I just, my job is not to go in and make a paycheck and come home. I mean, if that's your mission, then why did you become a nurse? There's a lot of jobs you can do that. True. Your job should be to, and I know that patients are difficult. We got a lot of difficult patients, but you chose a damn profession to help people. So help them. They don't, you're the professional. So what tools are you bringing to help that person and change their life? Yeah, that's true. Cause like you said, people are going to be difficult, but your service is there. And that comes back to that emotional kind of intelligence type things, right? Like How do I have the emotional intelligence? And I always say that these are the things that nursing school don't tell you, right? Nursing school don't teach you these things, but how do I be the person that when I just got cussed out that I still provide good quality care? What if you get called a name that you don't want to be called? Kind of trigger, right? A triggering moment. No, but it's true. I don't know if not. You may have to tell Jane to beep this out. I don't know if you remember Nestor. Uh, Nestor from St. Agnes? Maybe so. Yeah, so Nestor, he's a kind, gentle Filipino nurse, very quiet. I love Nestor, man. Mm-hmm. And he was taking care of some lady. I don't remember her ethnicity. It doesn't really matter. But whatever she was, she called him a chink. Oh. And Nestor, this calm, collected guy, he lost it. Like, I'm a fucking fella, man. I'm like, he went crazy. I'm like, okay, that's a calm the hell down. But it really drove him the wrong way. And I'm like, yeah. I had to bring him to the side and give him a hug and shit, but I've never seen Nessa get so mad. Right. But you never know what's going to make you go nuts and shit, but right. it's like those triggering moments. It's like, you got to be, have a hell of a lot of self-awareness. Right. <laughs> no, I remember I had a patient, young nurse. Oh my gosh. I learned so much as a new nurse, y'all. I got my ass beat all kinds. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's true though. You get you beat up and shit. It's true. Wait, but I had a patient. patient had a hepatic encephalopathy, right? So hella confused, all this shit. I went in there, you know, they're paranoid. So I was going there just to turn the patient. I went in there with my, one of the techs or something to do. The patient hit me upside my head, like in my face, y'all, like in my face. Now I'm a grown woman. I don't get hit in the face. It was almost some trigger. Like we about to go to the, <laughs> go to the parking lot. <laughs> but at that moment, you have to have so much inner work to where you don't react. A lot of these things are reactionary and how do you be a better nurse and not react in some of these uncomfortable situations? And I remember leadership sending like the card. Word you I like the word you chose, react though. React, yeah. I'll come back to that word in a minute, so. Okay, I'm reactionary. So it's like, how do we have that much development to where you don't react to these situations? I mean, because things can trigger you and you just, re- you know, really, really quick, you react to them. but 
you know, it's just crazy. But so I got a, a card from leadership just telling me how well I handled myself. That's why you got your That's picture all over the everywhere, right? Everywhere, I'm everywhere. Everywhere currently, like, what the hell is this woman? She how come they don't pick me and stuff? How do you feel that they used you? You know what? I think about it, Kevin, now, like in hindsight, to think about one, it's an honor to have my face <laughs> in such a large organization that they felt worthy enough, that they felt to see me worthy enough to be able to utilize me for their marketing and all those things. It felt really good from being in a, being there for so many years, right? To say, okay, they see me, they hear me. But I also look now like it was all preparation ground for where I am today. When they would print me in front of cameras and I was like, I got this lift, like, I don't know what to say. I'm sitting there, I'm sweating from head to toe. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm so damn nervous. But I feel like it was all the building ground that led me up to where I am today. I'm grateful for it. I really didn't know how to think much of it in the season of it. But now when I see things of like Pandora's popping up or magazine things that are coming up or things of that nature, I'm like, wow, like that it was- It use you. I hear it. And some people <laughs> will tell me, some of my students sometimes would tell me like, hey, are you- or they would try to see what was the organization I worked for beforehand because I don't typically share it with them. Right. And they're like, oh, you know, like I seen you on this. Is that you? <laughs> like, yeah, that's me. You know, so I'm really honored. I'm really grateful for it. I think that it was it was something huge. And because it wasn't just one thing, but it was multiple things that I really feel like I must have gotten really intentional about the brand of me. And it resonated with the organization that they felt like not that I was a poster child because they used many other people to be a face for that organization. Right. And I'm really honored by it. I really feel mm -hmm. like, like, I don't know, I feel like a piece of my heart still is there only because that's the place where I grew up, right? Right, right. I got um, you. Many, many places. But yeah, so yeah, I'm kind of cool with it. You know, how'd you feel when you see me pop up on Pandora? He's like, hey, hey, who the hell is she? How the hell is she get up there? I, no, I do better work than her. I trained her. No. <laughs> No, I don't even care because I don't want to be on the poster. Because look, I don't even want to be on Zoom. I feel so fat. Like, oh but, my goodness! No, but when I walk out of the garage and I, you know, you're right there in my face, and then I walk to the air, I'm like, how did she get there? Right. I mean, it, it's good though. I mean, it's nice. Yeah, that's, that's nice just getting intentional. Like I think even as nurses, <clears throat> we talk about branding and why I'm so huge on it too, Kevin. Is that sometimes we have to see how we show up as nurses in these organizations? What kind of nurse do we choose to be? And that's right. one thing, making that mission, right? My mission is to really help nurses really position themselves in these organizations as nurses and be respected as such, right? If not, then we just don't want them just to work us and work us and work us. But maybe it's a, maybe it's an age thing. When you're younger, you think you're going to live forever. You just care about making money. You're living life, having fun. But then when you get to be old, you're like, oh, shit, I didn't prepare for this. Right. So I think that that would be one kind of mission I'd like to tell nurses, like, listen, I know money's nice, but what are you going to do when you're 54 or 64? I mean, some of these nurses I'm getting coming back to work are like in their 70s. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want to be 70 years old, still lifting up big old heavy patients. So because I don't want to break my back. So what are you going to do to transition from bedside care to something else or, you know, to make sure that you still function and you have some kind of quality of life? Yeah. I don't think people think about that. No, and it, <clears throat> it does run out. And it, I think how you put yourself <clears throat> up in the market really is going to depict what the next years look like. I mean, heck, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't think I could be pulling up no patients no more, but I'm going to get old. I'm like, when the 40s hit, you like. But that's my point, you know, and, and <laughs> right? So and it's not easy. Yeah. Nursing's hard work. So 
depends on where you go to. But I mean, for the most part, no matter where you are nursing, it's hard work. It really, really is. It's a mental thing. It's a physical thing. So it's all encompassing. It takes every bit of you. I remember working three 12 hour shifts. It was a day that I took a full recovery. Like it really? was so rough after so much mental exhaustion, caring for people for <clears> so <throat> long and trying to be, do your very best every single patient. Yeah, and that's be- in, you know, yeah, yeah, but that's because you're working on your feet 12 hours and you don't get your breaks most of the time. You know, I, you know where we were working. I didn't, I don't know about you because you were on day shift, I think, and I was on nights, but we hardly ever got breaks. And then if you did get a break, you had to watch other people's patients. You didn't have to. We chose to. Right. And that's one thing I think we got to take care of ourselves. Right. I got a question for you. It just came up when you said that. <laughs> I know what you day shift nurses did. Right. I was just, how you know, man? <laughs> Wait, I was going to ask you, why is it, why do you think in nursing, I feel like there's a total different personality or... So people like me need to be on nights. From day shift to nights. Yeah, people people like me need to be on nights so we don't get fired from the administration because we got mouths and shit. So people like you have to be on days because you're all sweet and loving and innocent. (laughs) I was like, let me figure this out because I would truly feel like there is a unique difference between day shift nurses and night shift nurses. I'm like, let me see what your perspective is on this because it's clearly not the same. When I went to Days, right before I left the last place you and I worked at, people said, you're going to get fired. I'm like, I'm not going to get fired. I'm not stupid. Well, because, you know, I am i don't hold my tongue. Right. But I'm not worried about getting fired. It's not like I go into somebody's room and say, hey, motherfucker, come here. I'm right. not stupid. You know what right. I mean? I, I feel out the patient. I feel out the people I'm working with. And when I feel comfortable enough, then I'll let Kevin come out. Yeah. But I'm not stupid, you know. Right. So I know how to play the game. I can hate. And I don't mean you, but I mean, if it was you, I could hate your guts and you would never know. I'm that good of an actor. Mm-hmm. Oh, Starshima, I love you. Thank you for your help. I really appreciate it, Starshima. And you wouldn't even know that in my mind, I'm like, man, I want to stab this lady in the head. But you got to do what you got to do to survive sometimes, you know. But I like day shift. It's just I see what you guys really did from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Y'all all go down and get your breakfast and take your time drinking coffee. And it makes, you know, night shift talks about day shift, day shift talks about night shift. But you got to remember this at nine o'clock. This is what I found out from nine o'clock to like, I don't know, five or six o'clock. You got your ass handed to you because that's when everybody started coming in. Yeah. And then around five o'clock to seven o'clock, it would start waning, you know, start slowing down. And then the day, the night shift would come in like, y'all don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. And then from 7 p.m. to like maybe eight or nine, night shift didn't do anything. But from 9 p.m. to Five in the morning, we got our heads because while you were sleeping, you know, and we don't see what each other does, but I got to see both sides. So that's good. That and that's good that you get that unique perspective because it is that night and day kind of war and how we feel like how one is more privileged than the other. But when we both equally work equally as hard during our time, it's just right. it happens at different times. And of course, you know, perspective is also a, to me, day shift are more prim and proper nurses. Oh, you nice think so? year, nice year for the devils. <laughs> oh, okay. I didn't look at y'all quite like that, but you know what I mean? I was like, all right. They yeah, but you have again. to be that way because who's there during the day? A lot of leadership and management. For right. sure. Yeah, see, I all the admin is there. All the big wigs from around the hospital are there, but a night shift, nobody comes in. Nobody yeah. ever comes in the nights. For me, my big thing is, you know, I was just, I'm a morning person. I'm just woke in the morning. So that's the best idea. I can't stay up at night where shit. I'm like, give me 930. I'm like, 
I'm out. So I would be no good for anybody. Yeah, but I worked nice for 20 years. I mean, I I'd have no problem with it. And maybe it's because, you know, being in the military, we really not really nights and day, but you were all 24 seven. So maybe I was just used to it. Yeah. yeah but it didn't bother me. No. All right. I just wanted to get your unique perspective on yeah. that. So y'all, this is like the kind of conversations that we're going to be having. I just really like the candid nurse to nurse conversation. We kind of share with you what our mission was, where we want to go within the podcast. This is kind of like our introduction to you. You can expect a podcast to drop every single Wednesday. Kevin to be here showing up with his straight talk, talking his shit. And I'll be back over here trying to defend myself, my prim and proper self. I'm going to try not to cuss too much, use big words, you know what I mean? But no. <laughs> Wait, talk about big words. So I taught a TNCC class the other day and this nurse, uh, she's a nice lady, but her husband's a doctor. And we're talking about flail chest. Uh-huh. And I asked him, what are some signs and symptoms of a flail chest? And what do we all know? Or, do you know what some signs are of a flail chest? Tell me, tell us about it, Kevin. Unequal chest rise. Yeah. They, I think in the textbook, they say a paradoxal chest yes. wall boom. Well, yeah. she used the new word that I never heard of. And I'm like, what is it? It's called pendelift. 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 P- yeah, it's spelled P-E-N-D-E-L-L-U-F-T. I'm like, the fuck is that? I'm like, you're hanging around your damn husband too much, lady. I'm like, no nurses talk like that. <laughs> like we were taught to understand these things, understand signs and symptoms, but to break them all the way down and explain it out in a different way. Right. Asymmetrical talking- movement of the chest. <laughs> I don't know, but who uses Pendelift? I'm like, I don't even know what, I had to Google it. I'm like, what the hell is that? Like, you're making a word up. <laughs> right. <laughs> just tell me what I'm supposed to be seeing. I right. don't understand that word. <laughs> I don't know, I tell nurses that. I'm like, you got to break these words down that we learn in school. You got to break it down because you're talking to lay people who don't have any medical knowledge. So, I mean, if you're talking crazy terms, who's going to know what you're So. You know, I just think, I know we're just talking about all different topics here, y'all. This is how I'm, sorry, I'm going everywhere. No, you're good. No, no, no. I think you have to give me a topic and let me do research because I'll go all over the place. I got ADD so bad. You got to rein me in. <laughs> now, I used to tell my students, so I tell them all the time, like, when I got a nursing school, I was so damn proud that I had all these big words in my vocabulary and I wanted to go talk to my patients about all these big words. Like, I was so proud as a new nurse. <laughs> I leaned in. I did my education. And I would go and see the patients. I was like, the patients would like be looking at me like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, you don't get the Lady, words coming out of my English? mouth. Yeah. Lady, can you speak English? <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, but <laughs> go ahead. no, no, go ahead. No, I'm just saying. And as I got older and more seasoned, it's kind of like Sarshima. You want to drive a greater impact. You need right. to explain shit to people on the level that they understand their health literacy. I'm like, what? I, I what, how, what is the that? average reading level in America? Well, I know here in the Valley, it's like sixth grade. No, you better look again. What is it, fourth? It's like third or fourth grade. Shit. Okay, listen. So, And I tell nurses, you go get a third or fourth grade book and read it. And then that's how you have to learn to talk to people. And it's not that you're trying to be mean, but. Third grade? Third or fourth grade. That is Google it. Insane. You can tell me I'm wrong. If I, now, people listen to podcasts and I'm incorrect. Don't be afraid to message me and say, you're not right, Kevin. I don't give a shit. I mean, correct me. I'm not going to be mad at you. That's Kevin Stansberry on Facebook. (laughs) I'm okay. What is the reading level for the Central Valley of California? That's why I love fucking Google. Right. While you're looking that up, my son's teacher, she said that they judge the prison rates off of third grade literacy. So they determine how many people are going into prison. That's my point. That's what I'm saying. In the third grade. 
So this okay. article was from November 10th, 2021. Uh-huh. It's talking about... As nurses, we love data, though. We analyze data all the time. Now, they break it down. And I know I know why they're doing it, but I don't think we... I mean, I know why they're doing it, but I think we shouldn't do it because I think we should teach everybody the same. But they break it down by race and ethnicity. Yes. It says only half of all students were reading at or above proficiency level. Mm-hmm. What is proficiency level? They you know, have these. No, but what grade is proficiency? Third, level? Is it I mean, third grade? It must be. I mean, it doesn't. It just said this. The program called focused on early literacy, and only half of us, only half of us here in the valley, are read at a proficient level. Yeah. But it doesn't really talk about what level. But here, here, the next one says third or fourth grade level. Yeah. That's what they said they based the prison rates off of. What level of reading is considered proficient reading? Right. Sixth grade? Basic, below basic means their reading levels is below grade level. So it doesn't really, they don't it give you. upon their grade. Right. That's so sad though, thinking about a so third fourth grade graders, Fourth huh? graders, fourth graders are only at 32% proficiency. Wow. That's crazy. They're, right. So that's important to understand when we're communicating, even communicating with our process out in regular communication, then as nurses communicating with our patients because they don't understand. Like some of them will not be able to understand these big terms. And even I struggle with some of the terminology. Like I'm beyond, I don't Google. know all the things. Google, right. Google that's it up. That shit. So, right, <laughs> absolutely. So, so there's one thing I tell nurses is when you're charting, you have to make sure that you don't use crazy words because like me, I don't use SOB anymore. When I chart, even though it's a legal abbreviation, it's sort of breath illegal. or some of the. That's my point. But remember oh, when, when you're I, charting, when you're charting, sorry. When I'm charting, because I, I don't know how you said 10 years. I don't know how it was back then. I'm trying to think. But when I first started, in order for you to get medical records, what did you have to do? 30 years ago, what did you have to do to get medical records? To get medical records, meaning your own medical records? Yes. You have to go sign a release? You had to drive down to the hospital, fill uh-huh. out a paper and triplicate. Turn right. it in, and you had to wait 30 days, and then you had to come back and get them. Oh, that was before my time, Kevin. Damn. I know, but that's my point. Now, how do you get your medical records? They're online automatically. And yeah. if you gave me access, I could read your medical records. True. So I tell people, if you're a nurse, you have to think about who's reading your medical records, and everybody's reading them now. Yeah. So if you're taking care of my mother, and you're calling her, you know, writing in SOB, how do I know you're not calling her son of a bitch? Most people don't. So that's why I stopped charting certain things. Because yeah. I'm trying to think about what other who's reading it. Yeah, I think that we should do away mm-hmm. with abbreviations because I think we've been such a short text world, like laugh out loud or all these things that the texting world has given us. And we try to bring those into our charting. Just It just happens. But again, like you said, it can be so misinterpreted and what may see something in a medical field may not be. And I think about when I talk to my new nurse students is like, hey, Make sure you get really, really good at explaining out. It's good to know the abbreviation, but what does the abbreviation say? Right. Write that thing out because you never, ever, ever want it to be misinterpreted. You don't right. want it to be in the court of law. I was like, was I just thinking this and I wrote this? Right. Or did I really mean what I was saying it to mean? So I right. agree. Documentation. I, I tell people to go back and read their own charting a week or two later and they'll realize how terrible they are at it. So. Hey, my big thing is my goal is I'm not perfect at it. But I always say, make sure that you leave no question at the end. If you read it and you have a question, somebody else going to question. And if this court court ever went to the court of law, they're going to question it too. You know, so make sure it's thorough. Yeah, but people don't reread it right after they chart. They just chart and move on to the next one. So that's why I say that I would go back a week later 
and read a chart from a patient you took care of and reread your note so you'll see how poorly you charted. Yeah. And use that for the next time you chart and then keep doing that and you'll get better. You'll just automatically get better charting. That's true. Audit chart. People don't think it's fun, but I like auditing charts because it tells me, it shows me how kooky nurses are sometimes and what's in their head. Right. You know what strategy I use, Kevin, though, over and over? And I think I use it in everyday life as well. Even when I'm writing content, that S bar format. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like I always start with here's the situation, clear and concise. What's the background? <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's right. what I'm finding. What are my recommendations? And in that, you get so clear. And sometimes people will tell you, like, you're intimidating. I'm like, why? Because I articulated what I wanted in a clear, concise manner that the world right. isn't used to it, that I seem like there's an issue. Because this is the way that we should communicate. I make sure that I just don't use that way. But I need a safe space, Starsheem. I need a safe space because you triggered me. Why? What you mean? <laughs> No, but that's what people say when you do the S bar because they feel like you know you're you're intimidating them, so they don't know what to do. So they want a safe space, they want to run and hide instead of having an adult conversation. True. Yep. Oh. It happens. That's all. Yeah. But I think that that's a good safe way to always communicate, to always document, and how you give off report to your nurses, to your doctors. To I'm old. I still use soap. Use soap. You know what soap is? Yeah. I, well, it's a situation, yeah. right? My listen. One of our textbooks. Subjective. I don't like it. I know. Subjective. S is subjective. It's subjective. It's what you, objective. It's what you're, yeah. Objective assessment and plan. Right. So, <laughs> so here's subjective. the subjective data. Here's subjective is what you're telling me. I'm hurting Kevin. Objective is Starshima says she's hurting, but it, she's not grimacing. She's not wincing. But that's what I'm seeing. Yeah. Objective is what I'm seeing. Right. And an assessment. What am I going to do? Because she's telling me she's a 10 out of a 10. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I mean, that's kind of how that's, we were taught. Yeah, that's look, how we were taught, though. You're kind of from the old school, though, huh? Hell yeah. I mean, but I think it's a good way to still communicate. I don't use it. I use something different, so. You don't use soap anymore? No. I use S-bar. I'm like, here's a situation. I don't even use S-bar. I have my own sheet I made up, so. <laughs> You tell them, adapt to my shit or get on. <laughs> no, the textbook know, taught y'all that, but that ain't the way you're supposed to properly document. This is Kevin's way. No, I mean, I'll do the S-bar because it's required, but I, I don't really care for it that much, but I do my own thing. So, I mean, I do the S-bar because it's required, but I, I do my own thing and then I put it into the S-bar. That's all. So let me ask you, your way, the way that you do it, is it a systematic way that you get yes. the same I results never, over and over yes, again? Yes, I never bring in that stupid wow or cow, whatever y'all call it now. I never bring it to my bedside. I got a piece of paper that I fold in half. And look, let me get my thing. I'll show you my cow or why. I don't even know why we switched from cow. Probably some woman got offended and shit. Why women got offended? Why did a man get offended? Because No man got offended by saying cow. I can guarantee you that. So I take a piece of paper, I fold it. That's four patients right here. There's one, two, and then in the inside is three and four. If you got more than four patients, you fold it. Uh-huh. That's eight patients right there. Yes. I never bring in my wow ever. No? No. Because remember, your average age patient is how old? Probably in their 70s. Right. And old people like to what? They like to write? No, they like to talk. They oh, want they like to, to talk. talk to okay. They want you to sit and talk to them and look at them, but you're so busy looking at that fucking computer, you don't look at your patient. So I go in and I spend time with my patients. But but when I sit down, I'm like, are you okay if I make a little notes while we talk? And I hold their hand, I look in their eyes, and I love them. 
Oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, I think not, that's really nice. We probably yeah, but what else am I doing by holding her hand and looking in her eyes? What else are you doing, you said? Yeah, at the same time, I'm holding her hand and looking into her eyes. What your document? Doing? Yeah, but what else am I doing? If I'm holding your hand, what am I doing? You're doing a care and touch. You're letting them know that you I'm care. I'm also assessing their skin turgor, their skin temperature. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, looking, that's true. I, yeah, but nurses don't think that way. I'm looking in their eyes to look at what? Looking at the pupils. Looking right. At you think I'm looking at your eyes because I love you, but I'm just looking at your pupils to see what they're doing. I'm I was like, so you like a, a nurse who does sneaky assessments. Like you don't let the patient know I'm assessing you, but, yeah, I'm but they, they make them feel love because they well, I, what am I doing? Well, you're you're engaged, you're with them, you're, I'm you're spending present. time with Ryan. Yeah, and, and that caring touch, I think we miss that <laughs> so much is a nice caring touch. And you can learn so much with just holding and touching your patients. I hug and kiss my patients. I do. I do. They love you, Kevin. They love you. Well, some of them do. Some of them don't. There was uh, one patient at uh, the last place we worked. She was, I don't know what's a nice way. I don't want to be mean to them. A lady of the night. Okay. Right. And so she was sharing her life, how she felt so bad about herself because she sold herself. And I'm like, who gives a shit? I'm like, are you happy? No. I said, didn't change it. If you don't want to change it, then don't be mad at yourself. I'm like, you're doing what you're doing to survive. I don't think any less of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So why do you, Jesus, wash the feet of a whore? I can wash your feet too. You know what I mean? But it's true. Is that not true? It's true. <laughs> oh, I, but I'm just saying, I just treat people like they are. I don't care what you do. I don't care who you are and what you do. I'm not there to judge you because I'm no different than most people. I always tell people, what's this? I know you want to admit it, but have what is the difference between you and the people in prison? <laughs> they got caught. <laughs> right. See? That's right. They got caught. And I do. And I, some people admit it, but I was like, raise your hand if you've ever drank and drove. You know, people raise their hand like, yeah, so what's, why are you any different than the person in prison? Because you, you didn't get caught. True. No, that is really, really true. That's why we can't judge people. And I think that's where we come from as nurses, like not being judgmental. Like you care for people without judgment. Now, well, sometimes we have to do our own inner reflection because sometimes we got to be sure not to be mindful of passing off our own values to those individuals. But without judgment, like understand your patients, but not with judgment, without judgment to be able to provide better care for them. Yeah. So, yes, Kevin, we had a good conversation. I really, really like it. So if y'all like these conversations, be sure to follow us. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you want to hear about and what you want to talk about. Send Kevin an email. DM <laughs> him on Facebook. It's okay. You can message if y'all need to, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Send me questions, whatever you want that you want me to answer, want us to answer, talk about. Yeah. So, Kevin, wrap up the episode for us. Tell them what's so, uh, well, I don't know what you want me to say, but I'm glad that you guys come. I hope that you, you know, come see us more often and stuff. And I'm glad Starshima's doing this. And I'm glad we're doing it. So I taught her about my one of my favorite, uh, po- not he's not, I won't call him a podcast because he'll get mad at me and shit. He hate podcasts. But, but one of the famous shock jock in the world is Howard Stern. I love that son of a bitch, but I want to kind of mimic what they do because I like what he does. And I want to do the same thing, but for our community. So yes. I like it. Well, we started. You're a good partner to have. So, yes, I'm grateful to have you here with me, honestly. And I I really feel like we are getting ready to change the face of our community. We've already have done it to a certain degree already. I feel like this is the next level of impact that we're getting ready to make. I just hope people listen. Um, Just hope people what? (laughs) I hope people listen. Hey, listen, we're going to have a listening party. Shit, they better get their good, good friends and get their good wine together and come on and have a listening party with us. And maybe they'll get a chance to be a guest on the podcast. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see what goes. 
So thank y'all for tuning in, listening for next week for the next episode. You all take care. Thank you for listening to Nurse to Nurse. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're feeling inspired and ready to build your personal brand and create a premium coaching practice in 90 days, visit www.iamstarshima.com slash buildmybrand to start your journey today. For more information and updates, follow Starshima on Instagram at nursecoachstarshimarn and on Facebook at Starshima RN. Until next Friday, take care.